The year is 2020, the number. Another summer, get down. Sound of the funky drummer. Music ain't in the heart, cause I know you got soul. The information age got him seeing what's really wrong with these racist days. I honor the strong and pity the weak. Your thoughts run your life, be careful what you think. Haiti beat France in century 17. Salute Toussaint and Dessaline. And I do love France, know what I mean? It's a system I'm talking, nobody's agreeing. They say it's suicide when dead bodies are swinging. Cowards are hunting black men, that's what I'm seeing. How many toasters have been burnt down? And once Central Park was a thriving black town. Yo, Chuck, I'm fighting the power right now. Thanks to you, Flav, and P.E. Putting it down, putting your life on the line so I can rap now. The next generation still singing Fight the Power. Fight the power! Fight the power! Fight the power! This is Rumble, and I'm Michael Moore. Welcome. It's been quite a week um, on so many levels. We're in the middle of a perfect storm of white supremacy, fascism, an uprising, a coronavirus, and a man who has no intention of leaving the White House. So today I want to talk about what you and I are going to do to make sure he does leave. And this is not going to be a podcast about voting or how to vote um, or how to get people to go to the polls. We'll, we'll do all that between now and November 3rd. If we are going to talk about strategy and what we need to do to get ready. And we are already way, way late in dealing with this. And I don't see, I don't see it happening. I don't see whatever needs to be happening right now in terms of the, of the uprising that needs to take place to protect our democracy and to do our number one uh, job this year, which is to remove Donald Trump. And as I've said in the past, we have these other side jobs we have to do, which is remove that which gave us Donald Trump, make sure this doesn't happen again, but to really actually change the system that will require us doing so many things, it it sort of boggles the mind and, it, and I think it paralyzes some people because we think, well, there's no way we're going to pull this off. There's no way we can do this. And I want to say to you, actually, there is a way. There are many, 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 many millions of us. And we must not be deterred by either the bullying by Trump, the police, the National Guard, the Republican Party. We also have to have some sense of our own power. And I want to have this brief discussion with you today about what we are going to do, you and me, what we're going to do to guarantee the removal of Donald J. Trump, to dismantle the police state, the police forces that have gone out of control who've become military units in our towns and our cities. 
and who have refused to weed out what they call their bad apples. Except there are bushels and bushels and bushels of these bad apples. And we've given them long enough to weed them out. So now we have to weed them out. We the people. And we have to stay alive. Because as you've seen in this past week, this fucking virus isn't going anywhere. Everybody gets that now, right? What I've tried to tell you since February, that this is going to be a two to three year pandemic. And if we don't get it right, it'll be a four or five year pandemic. There will be no vaccine. There will be no vaccine this year. Trump will say there will be a vaccine in October as one of his methods to stay in the White House. I, I, I actually predict that he will have somebody, some company, something come up with the vaccine and he will be patient one to take the vaccine. It'll, it'll be on camera, the needle going in his arm, the whole bit. First of all, we don't want to see his arm. Number two, uh, there will be water or Mountain Dew or something in that needle. It will not be a vaccine. There's no way he's going to risk that. But we are going to get a real show about a vaccine by the end of the year when we all know, all the doctors and all the scientists know that there will be no vaccine. It's impossible. You can't do the testing. You can't do the trials amongst the tens of thousands of people that you have to do that with in order for, if, if you watched 60 Minutes on Sunday night, you saw their report on the so-called antibodies test that we all like to talk about. Oh, I need to get an antibodies test. That'll tell me if I've already had it. And that means that I'll be immune. It doesn't mean anything. Nobody knows anything. This is a brand new virus. We don't know anything. And the honest doctors and scientists will tell you that. We know dick about this. Be honest. And all the spikes and all the increases this week, <laughs> 40,000 a day new cases in the U.S., 45,000, 50,000 in Europe. The European Union has 446 million citizens, 446 million. We have 300 million, 330 million. Okay. Uh, their, their daily increase rate this week was around 4,000 a day out of 446 million people. For us, we were we started the week at, at thirty thousand a day and ended it at, at near to fifty thousand with less people. We've had no leadership. There's no plan. There is no vaccine. Many doctors and scientists are working at, on treatments. Some, I think, have proven effective on patients in the hospitals. You know, we've heard about the steroid costs a dollar a pill. Uh, that cut has cut the deaths down in the in the hospitals they've tried it in by a third. That's great. We do see the death rate going down. In large part, that's because the majority of people getting the coronavirus now are young people, so their immune systems are better. But the fact that we even have to be talking about this on this podcast, where we are going to try to begin the process of coming up with a strategy to remove Donald Trump from the White House. Fact that this occupies our minds in such a profound way because we know we're not even through the first wave of this. There may, it may not be a second wave. We'll just be one long wave for months and years to come because we've refused to do what needs to be done in order to slow it down and to halt it. And here we are, you know, sucking up the first 10 minutes or so of this podcast talking about it.
but we have to. We have to in part because I want you to be safe. I want you to live. I don't want you to buy the BS. I want you to quit repeating all the hopey hope comments uh, and ideas and things and people. And this is going to be over and we're, and it's going to open up in August and then we're going to, and then we're going to be fine in September. And then, and then it might be, it might be a second wave and stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Until and unless we have real leadership and until and unless we allow science to determine what we should be doing right now, we will continue to see this going up and up and up and not going away. Because we we are a nation. I mean, so it's so embarrassing. I know people from around the world listen to this podcast, and I just I hate I hate for you to have to hear me talk like this. We are good people. Just let me just start with that. We are a good people. We do know the difference we're from right and wrong, but we're slow learners. Eventually, we get it, and eventually, we do the right thing. But sometimes it takes a while. And right now is one of these times where we look like a bunch of idiots to the rest of you. And, you know, sadly, there are a good, probably close to 100 million stone cold idiots that we all live with. We can't, I don't know what to, I can't do anything about this. I don't know what to do. <sighs> keep pushing for better education. Keep encouraging people to read a book. Um, you know, pr pronounce words with more than two or three syllables and hope that that catches on. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just, um, beside myself with the fact that, that we have so many people now that see it as a political mission to not wear a face mask. The perfect storm of white supremacy, fascism, police brutality, police. I did not know just how insane. Wow. I knew it was insane. I just didn't know the, the level of insanity here. All that on top of a plague. And we're supposed to sit here and watch while our democracy crashes and burns. Yesterday morning, Sunday morning, Trump retweeting this racist tweet from somebody in Florida. Showing an old guy driving around in his golf cart shouting white power through a senior citizen village where it's only seniors only live in this little village called the, it's called the villages in Florida. White power. And then he took it down a few hours later, but the damage had been done, or I should say the, the positive effect amongst his base that that was intended to create. And now the, now the police are saying, yeah, you see, you know, you, you went against this here this last month or so. Now there's more shootings. There's more crime. There's more violence. What? No, there's more violence because of you. You set the tone. You set the table. You are the core of violence. You police, police state. You, with all your military garb and your military tanks and whatever, you are the core of the violent people that we are. Louisville Police Department, they still haven't arrested the cops that shot Brianna Taylor, but they've, they've reassigned them for their own safety. <laughs> really, for their safety thus implying that we, the people, might hurt them. 
because we're violent. We walk around breaking into people's homes and just firing shots into the body of an EMT worker dead. Trump signing an executive order this week saying he will make sure people are arrested and punished if they tear down a Confederate statue or a statue of racists like Andrew Jackson. I was on the news sometime this past weekend. It was a, a black woman who said that that um, there already are Confederate Confederate statues that remind people of the Confederacy. It's called every black woman and every black man in this country. They are walking, living, breathing examples of of the impact of the Confederacy of slavery and the fact that. African-Americans would still be on the lowest rung of the economic ladder. Some hundred and, you know, what is it now? 155 years after the end of the Civil War. The effect of that slavery is still with us. And the fact that black life is treated so cheaply that it can just be eliminated just, 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 to, just on a whim. James Egan Holmes. You all know him, don't you? You all know James, right? James Egan Holmes. No? From Aurora, Colorado? He's the scrawny white kid, some 20-something white punk, who went into the Aurora movie theater, actually bought a ticket, went in, went through the exit door up by the screen uh, out to his car, kept the door ajar so he could come back in through that door put on all his military garb, his bulletproof vest, his helmet, got all his assault weapons together, and then came through that door. And during the first few minutes of the film, just started firing bullets in the theater and everybody ducked down in their seat on the floor behind the seat in front of them, which was perfect, exactly what he had probably hoped for. And then he just went up and down the aisles, just going, he'd come up the main aisle and then go row by row, just spray bullets into the backs of everybody crouched down on the floor. Next row, next row. There was something like close to 70 people that he shot. 70 people. 12 died. And then the Aurora police came and they peacefully arrested James Egan Holmes. Yep, that's right. They didn't come in guns blazing. He just put his hands up. Then they handcuffed him and took him away. No knee to the neck. No nothing. Just take him away like you do white people. Even white people who shot 70 people. James. James. What you do here, James? James Egan Holmes. Shot all these people. Well, no, we're just going to have to take you down to the station. Elijah McLean of Aurora, Colorado, wasn't so lucky. He went down to the corner store. 23-year-old kid, 140 pounds, goes down to the corner store to buy himself an iced tea. And he's got his tunes in his head, and he's got his uh, ski mask on. It's, you know, Colorado, I think, what do you say? Maybe the biggest skiing state in, in the country. So he's got a ski mask on. And he's walking down the street. It's night. He's heading back home. Bebopping along to his tunes that he's got in his earbuds. Somebody called 911. There's a suspicious man. 
So the cops come, they pull up beside him. They order him to stop. They say to him, you're behaving suspiciously. And he's like, what are you talking about? This kid, Elijah McLean, African-American, um, he, um, he's a violinist. I don't have any of his music to play for you here today. I, I'll try to get something. They killed him, murdered him. He's trying to explain to them what's going on and what's wrong. What did I do? They, they don't like questions. Not when you're black. Come in and shoot 70 people in a movie theater. <laughs> Whoa, sir. Well, let's roll the red carpet out for you all the way from here down to the station. But you're a black kid with a nice tea. You're a violinist. Said that's what his family said. He, he'd spend his lunch hour from where he worked. He'd go over to the animal shelter and play the violin for an hour for the cats and dogs to calm them down. He thought they liked, uh, they liked his music. I don't have his violin, any of his music to play for you. I, I do have his final words, though. Um, the um, the audio is is pretty rough. It's from the it's from the body camera, so we don't have a visual here on the podcast. But let me just I'll play a little bit of this for you, and then I'll I'll just try to read you the rest of it so you can get a sense of what he was begging, begging, begging the police, being polite. These cops, they. In the report later, they said that he tried to grab their gun. <laughs> Fucking liars, aren't they? Always lying. I can't wait till we dismantle every single one of these corrupt. Yes, corrupt. And I'm speaking to the good ones, the good cops, corrupt. Because you've allowed the bad cops to continue. You've allowed all this to go on for all these years. You've allowed this racism. You know who the racist cops are. Don't lie to me. You know who the racist cops are in your police department, and you've turned your head the other way, which makes you a racist, which makes you a killer, which makes you corrupt, which makes you a bad cop. I'm sorry. That's the way it works for all of us, no matter what our job is. Anytime we see something wrong going on and we turn our head the other way, we are now complicit. We are now a participant. Sorry, I'm so upset. Just listen to the, listen to these last words from Elijah McLean. I'm begging, okay. I'm begging, stop. No. Okay. All right. Side. Oh, oh straddling. Yeah, Bigger for his legs. Cover. Trust me. Cover. Cover. I have his legs. I have no idea. I'm here. What's up? I have no idea. Two eighteen. You got to be taken. He's trying to present himself to them. He says, forgive me. All I was trying to do was become a better, become better. I, I will do it. I will do anything. Sacrifice my identity. I'll do it. You are all phenomenal. You are beautiful. 
and I love you. Try to forgive me. I'm a mood Gemini. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Ow, that really hurt. You are all very strong. Teamwork makes the dream work. Now he starts to cry. He's crying. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to do that. I just can't breathe correctly. And at that point, they got out a big needle. And they gave him um, a shot of uh, ketamine to try to, to, as they said, calm him down. But they gave him like a double shot, a shot for a man twice his size. And he was brain dead on arrival at the hospital. You'll hear in the news, oh, he died a few days later. Yes, he just died a few days later. They can't blame it on him being uh, overweight or diabetes or what were the other things they said about George Floyd? Health conditions. This guy, this kid's 140 pounds. They killed him right there, putting that shot right in him, causing him to have cardiac arrest, a number of cardiac arrests, and brain dead at the hospital. Elijah McLean. And do you, police, do you really think we're going to let this continue? Do you think you're really going to have a job? We need public safety officers in all of our communities. But that's not what you are. You're terrorists and you're killers. And we've had it. And we're not going to let this continue anymore. Don't be whining about, oh, what do you mean defund the police? You had your chance. You had your chance. You had many chances. You've killed one black man and woman after another and brown people and people that are not like you. You've killed poor white people too. You never kill a CEO though, do you? No. You never kill a man in the gated community, do you? No, no, you're done. You're done. And I wanted to bring this up. I wanted to tell the story of Elijah because we need to, with that same spirit, we need to let Donald Trump know that he's done. He's cooked. We're putting a fork in him, turning him over. He's done. That's it. You've been on the Barbie long enough, Donald. You're done. You're over. You're done. You are leaving 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. The people are going to do it. They're going to do it with nonviolence, and they're going to do it by using their electoral powers. But my friends, seriously, if we, we, if we don't actually follow through on this, the chance of Trump pulling this off, as I've said before, don't take him for granted. I think Trump right now is trying everything in the book. I think he's he's got he's got the big con going. I mean, just just if, just step back from what you see of his actions. Okay, so let's start with this one. The number one germaphobe in America won't wear a mask. What's wrong with that picture? What are we not getting? I mean, all the pundits and the commentators and comedians and everybody's having a good time with, with look at him not wearing a mask. Do you think for a second that 
he will do anything or allow uh, any virus to enter his body. I mean, I believe, I believe when they say he, he tests every day, they probably, they do, they test him every day. And he's careful enough with how he does it, where he does it. You notice at the rally there in, in um, Tucson and the one before that uh, in Tulsa, um, he didn't go up and down, shake at everybody's hand. He had nobody up on the stage with him, if you notice, if you remember that. In you know, usually there's a gaggle of politicians or whatever. And he's not shaking their hands. He's not hugging them. He's not doing any of that stuff. He gets off the helicopter, the photos. You know, I, I posted the video of him all looking all sad. His tie is undone. He's just come back from hardly anybody showing up in Tulsa. He looks so. Then the New York Times and other papers start writing stories. Maybe he doesn't want a second term. Maybe that. Maybe he's just fed up with the whole thing. And I think all of this, first of all, he's a great actor. Give him credit. He knew the cameras were going to be on the lawn when the helicopter landed. He got himself looking all disheveled and sad and, you know, but that wasn't the sad face of, a, of somebody who actually thought he was defeated. It's all a big con, folks. He knows how gullible we are. We, make, we like to make up our stories about him, how stupid he is, this, that, whatever, how crazy he is. Crazy like a fox. Yeah, crazy. It, it just, I'm telling you, he figured out how to to hoodwink us before. He figured out how to win. He outsmarted us. And we can't let that happen again. We can't sit back and look at these poll results and see just how great it is. Oh my God, he's ahead by Biden's ahead by 14 points, one of the polls last week. Remember, Kerry was ahead of W in the summer of 04. We've seen this before. We get we get we get sucked into it. And then we start to relax a little bit. We start to think, oh. Well, good, I can focus on other things. No, we actually can't focus on other things. If you want, if you want more Elijah McLean's, if you want more of the police state, if you want him militarizing our cities, the <laughs> going after the, the kids pulling down the statues, the racist statues. I was saying the other day we should put together some kind of legal defense fund, some Kickstarter, GoFundMe page or whatever to anybody who's arrested pulling down a racist statue. I mean, I'm not, look, I'm not encouraging uh, destruction of property or whatever. I don't like to encourage things that I personally wouldn't do. That's my philosophy. So I wouldn't do it. So I'm not encouraging anybody listening to this to do it. But for those uh, who do do it, I don't want to see them in, in jail uh, for it. Uh, they're just they're just a little bit ahead of the curve, and they're taking down statues that we will eventually be taking down. Governors and mayors and others are going to be taking these things down uh, very soon. They're they're just they're jumping the jumping the gun a little bit here, but um, I hate to see them have to linger in a jail or a prison or whatever. So maybe we should all get together and help them, um, so that they don't have to end up like that. Trump has no intention of holding a fair election on November 3rd. 
So here's what we've got to do. We've got to come up with a plan, a strategy of how we're going to have that election, have it fair, make sure everybody gets to vote. And then when we win, both with the popular vote and the Electoral College vote, um, how we're going to remove him on January 20th of this coming year. See, here's the thing. When this year began, on New Year's Eve 2020, whatever we thought this year was going to look like in our personal lives or politically, publicly, whatever, obviously none of it happened. It happened in, sometimes in a very 180-degree way. So what are we going to do about this? Because whatever we think is going to happen, if you think there's going to be an election, if you think there's going to be a vaccine, if you think there's going to be all this, uh, if you think the police are going to go away quietly, whatever we could imagine, I mean, just stop for a second and just kind of just brainstorm with yourself. Just how bad could it get for the rest of 2020? What else could happen this year? What else could happen in the next six months? And you have to think of things that you wouldn't normally think of. So I'm not asking for you to just repeat the pundits talking points here. I'm like, really, what could happen? This is bad. How could it get even worse? What is it that Trump is thinking about that you and I aren't thinking about? There's the, there's a big one right there. We should spend some time thinking about this. And then we need to get our act together so that he doesn't succeed. Is it safe enough for me to say that no matter how much you imagine things getting worse in these next six months, it will actually be worse than that. Go ahead and think up whatever and now times it by two. <laughs> The possibility of it being even worse than whatever you could come up with in your own heads. And if that's what we're living with on top of the plague, on top of the police. I, listen, we not only have to have a plan A, we have to have a plan B and a plan C and a plan D, a plan E and a, a plan Z. And the powers that be need to know that we will not sit idly by and watch our democracy being taken down. It's not as simple as just saying, let's vote for Biden. Yes, everybody, aren't we? I know there's some people are still upset and this and that, whatever. I know everything Biden's done in the past, but this is not about Biden. And I'll be very clear of, of exactly who he is, what he's done, what he stands for. I'll be very honest about that. I'll vote for Biden, but I will not lie for Biden. I will not lie to you about who he really is. But I will vote for him because I am taking down Donald J. Trump. And at this point, Biden is just my, my means to an end with no expectation, really, of anything. In fact, one of the reasons that I've worked so hard for Bernie is I just I thought, well, let's put everything we can into fighting for to get Bernie elected. Um because if we don't, then we're going to have, instead of one fight, getting rid of Trump, we're going to have two fights, getting rid of Trump and then getting rid of Biden. After two years of Biden, if Biden is just giving us more of the same old, same old, except he isn't Donald Trump, thank God. Where are we really at? 
we have to get rid of Trump and we have to get rid of that which gave us Trump and that which gave us Trump, the system that gave us Trump, gave us Biden. And so Biden is the, you know, kinder, gentler version of that, but it's still a version of it. But we have to vote for him. I know people, you know, Trump is really, really playing on this now. If you look at his commercials of how Biden is kind of losing it, doesn't have all his marbles. Well, you know what I say to that? (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) At some point, let's hope he picks a good VP. Uh, because I don't, frankly, I don't care if all of a sudden I turned on the TV right now and there's Biden standing at a microphone. And all of a sudden, the marbles are coming out of his mouth, like literally pouring right out from his brain into his mouth and onto the podium. It doesn't matter, Donald. You're going down, and you're going down to somebody whose marbles are coming out of his mouth. Yes, it's that bad for you. It's that bad. We will crawl through broken glass to remove you from the White House. And nothing you try to do between now and then to stop us from voting, to suppress our vote, to especially suppress the vote of our black and brown friends in the Wisconsin primary last month. Wow. City of Milwaukee usually has about 180 voting precincts where you can go to vote. But because most poll workers are over the age of 60, they're retirees. They just wouldn't show up. I don't blame them. So they only had enough poll workers to open five polling sites, five out of 180. Now that is suppression. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, Trump. You're a goner. You can run all the commercials you want about Biden and his crazy eyes and Biden can't remembering this or that or his wife is his sister or his sister is his wife or whatever. I don't care, really. None of us care. It doesn't matter. Remember the poll where the Roomba won against you? Yes, that is just how much the majority of Americans want you gone. And we're going to do whatever we can between now and then to remove you. I'm not giving Biden a pass here. I also am not the kind of person who can't say anything good about him because as a human being, you know, I I can say good things about him. But we have to... (laughs) We have to do what we need to do here. And um, I know that's hard for some of you. I know some of you aren't can't do that. I understand. I've been there. But please, please understand what's in front of us. And please understand that uh, Trump staying in office, how mobilized and energized these police will be if their man Trump gets another four years. Oh, my God. Do you really, I'm speaking to white people now, do you really want to do that to you? Our, our, our black and brown citizens, don't wait for this to happen. Don't wait till November 1st to figure out how you're going to help out on November 3rd. We won't get there. You need to understand, I think you do, I think a lot of you do, this is not going to turn out well. So we have to get ready right now. We have to figure out what we're going to do. We need a plan. We need a plan of action. I'm going to come back to you in a week. You're going to send me your ideas. Email me at mike at michaelmore.com. Mike at michaelmore.com. M-I-K-E at michaelmore.com. And I read, I read my own email. I'll read your ideas. 
or drop a voicemail on the on the uh, podcast platform here on the on the description of this podcast. You'll see uh, some links, and one of the links will be will be to leave a voicemail for me, and I'll listen to it. I have my ideas, and I will continue uh, to put those together. I'd like to do it with you, though, not just tell you what I think we should do, but but to listen to you and have you tell me what you think we should be doing. Back in the day when we used to be able to travel and tour the country and see people and whatever, I would always get the best ideas from people at um, various places where I was speaking or filming, whatever. So I need that now. And the way I'm going to have to get it during the pandemic is by you sending it to me, sending it to me or recording it for me. Um, So you understand your homework, right? Trump has to go. Trump outsmarted us once. It means that he can outsmart us again. Please accept that fact. Otherwise, if you don't understand just how how much of an evil genius your enemy is, you can lose again. That is not acceptable. You can't be depending on anything other than yourself and the tens of millions of people like you in this country. There are more of us than there are of them. Um, let's use that power. Let's be nonviolent. We don't need, we don't need violence. They are the violent ones. And there are, again, our, our strength is in our numbers. So, um, let me know. And then in a week or so, we'll revisit this and we will together uh, present a plan and we'll get this out there to our fellow Americans about what we need to be doing in the next few months. We have no choice. Thank you for um, listening to this. My condolences to the family of Elijah McLean in Aurora, Colorado. It has to stop. It won't stop on its own. No one is going to do this for you. You and me, we have to do this. You've been listening to Rumble. I'm Michael Moore. Stay safe. Be well. Thank you.